1: I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Salaya Moson
3: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. <laughs> You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
0: I'm still trying to determine if Santa came a day late for Broncos fans. Or maybe even just for Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron, to get out of Denver. Welcome in. It is the day after Christmas. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Nathaniel Hackett era in Denver is over, lasting 15 games and four victories Broncos firing their head coach today.
5: So you just made me think of something very interesting that could be a topic unto itself. If Nathaniel Hackett could go in a time machine, would you rather have been fired before Christmas or today? Because I think there's a compelling argument for both. You get fired before Christmas, you don't have to travel all the way to L.A., spend Christmas Day away from your family just to get your butt kicked. The counter is, if you got fired a week ago, you're sitting at home as a fired head coach on Christmas Day, and it's probably not the most joyous Christmas Day that you could possibly have. Do you G- have any strong give opinion me before, on that? Before. Yeah. Spend the holidays. I would too.
0: Yes. Okay. Get fat on Christmas food and cookies and... Buy out money, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well. And buy out money and, yeah.
5: See, it's funny. That, that, I think that's actually what I would do as well. Um, maybe it wasn't as hot of a hot take as I thought, you know, it was funny when we filled in on Friday, uh, VJ Husky and I, in this time slot, we did Christmas hot takes. And my Christmas hot take was that I think home alone two is better than home alone one. And I only bring it up to say, I thought it was like a scolding hot take. And the room was about 50-50 on it. People weren't nearly as upset as I thought they would be. So maybe my Nathaniel Hackett take of would you rather go before or after Christmas, I guess maybe it's not as hot as I thought it was.
0: Well, uh, Nathaniel Hackett uh, will not be alone in those happy that he is dismissed. I actually think he's probably relieved. Sure. And his comments after the 51-14 loss to the Rams yesterday really show that things had just gone off the rails but this is this is the the timing of this is interesting because you heard some conflicting opinions there weren't reports there were opinions on how the nathaniel hackett situation was going to play out in denver but the fact that this happened now this was inevitable that it was going to happen there was just a point in the season i mean think back to early september There were people who were calling for Nathaniel Hackett's job after week one for how they mishandled the time and the game situation in that opener against the Seahawks. And it never got better. So, like, for Nathaniel Hackett, like, when we're talking about, you know, being relieved, not of just his duties, but just relieved that he's no longer the head coach, it was probably that way for a couple of weeks. And they played the Chiefs in week 14, and Kansas City jumped out to a 27 nothing lead. And you talk about being on the air during stuff, uh, Aaron. I do the Red Zone show on Sunday afternoons with George Reister, and the first hour was just talking about Nathaniel Hackett being dismissed after that game because this was a 27 nothing game. And granted, the Chiefs can put it on a lot of people. But this was a 27 nothing game, and you have the conversation – that Nathaniel Hackett may be out of a job on Monday because of how embarrassing it was. Well, Broncos end up putting some sort of fight together, make it a ball game and make it interesting and only lose by six. But Russell Wilson gets knocked out at the end of the game and then Brett Rippon comes in and wins a game against the Arizona Cardinals. Things have been bad the whole season. Russell Wilson has not been good at all. And I don't think anybody is surprised that the quarterback stays and the head coach goes. But do you know what the... The ultimate factor was, I think, yesterday, and why later. Nathaniel Hackett got fired. I think
5: I know, but go ahead. Do you want to guess?
0: Because I hate it when people give me pop quizzes.
5: I think the reason he got fired was because the Rams aren't even necessarily trying to win right now. Interesting. Like it, they're they're on their fourth quarterback. That, so, so go ahead. No, that's no. I'm glad.
0: See, because I hate it when sometimes <laughs> people give me pop quizzes on the shows. Like. Dan, what was what was their weakness last year? Like it's the most obvious thing in the world, and I'm like, I have no idea. I I am uh, running the ball. No, no, it was their pass defense on third down. Come on, yeah. Like so, I'd never want to put you in a bad spot, but if you wanted to play, you could play. I think that that is an interesting one. But what I think ultimately it was is when Brett Rippon and Dalton Reisner are getting into an argument Fair. on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. That is that is it isn't. This isn't Mike Purcell yelling at Russell Wilson offense against defense. This is offense yelling at offense. Sure. Like that is how bad that it got. And at that point, I think like ninety-five percent of us, we, I was tuned out of that game. I didn't see it happen live. I was not invested in Rams and Broncos anymore when that occurrence occurred. But I saw it everywhere on social media. I saw the clip. I saw it on TikTok. I saw it everywhere. You can have three interceptions. You can have all of these things. You can have offense against defense. But now, when your offense is fighting with each other, that to me was the final straw. Losing by thirty, you know, seven points on national TV uh, to a, a team to your point that doesn't have a lot to play for either. Yeah, that that's probably enough. Just like the Chiefs thing of being down 27 nothing. I think ultimately when it comes down to it, you've got your own players fighting and that tells me that you've lost complete control.
5: It is amazing how perception, you know, changes the the or context changes the perception of these type things, right? If that was the um you know, Philadelphia Eagles, if that was Alabama football where you saw that back and forth, it'd be, oh, my God, look at how competitive they are and how bad they want to win. And those guys are – and it's like, but when you're losing, those things look that much worse where it just looks disorganized and it looks chaotic. Like I said, I've seen that argue, that dust-up between Tom Brady and his wide receivers in New England many times, and it's, you know, that Tom Brady, he's a heck of a competitor. He's not going to let anybody slack. But New England is also at that point eleven and one, and has already wrapped up the AFC East yeah. in on uh, November twenty fifth. You know, and so I do think the perception is interesting on that. And I'll t- let me let me even throw it back to you here, Dan. Are you one of these that you don't believe anyone should be fired after you know in less than a season or after a season? Because I'll say you know I, I filled in actually for you on Red Zone Radio yesterday with VJ Husky, and VJ was adamant he just thinks everybody needs more time than this. I go back to week one, week two, week three, where I remember you, me and you filling in on the very short-lived DTF show that was one hour <laughs> long for one week. I remember Nathaniel Hackett being the topic. Then he's not going to make it out of this season. And so, to me, listen, I, I think I think we have enough of a sample size to know that whether it's totally him, totally Russ, or them as a combination not clicking. You go through the offensive stats; it's terrible. I have no fundamental issue with this. You're, this is big boy football. You're getting paid millions of dollars. There's no reason to wait a year, two, three yeah. to give him more time if you know he's not the guy. I have no issue. Do you, are you are you somebody that doesn't believe no, in something like this? I'm, yeah. I'm 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 fine. It's different
0: in college football, and heck, now with college football, I don't even know what my opinion is on it with transfer portal and and and, and mm-hmm. in what you can do now in college football. But there is the point in college football where you are like you want to get your kids in, you want to get your recruits. Like there there is a two to three year window that I think that you have to show what you need to do sure. in the NFL. I don't think that is the case. And that's why the the fighting on the sideline. You're right. Like I even think of the the Peyton Manning clip when him and Jeff Saturday when he's you know he's like shut up Jeff shut up Jeff. <laughs> I, I can <laughs> It's one of the better better clips when him and Saturday when they were playing, getting into it on the sidelines. But Jeff Saturday didn't push Peyton Manning, and he didn't push Jim Sorgi. Like you had an offensive player put his hands on sure. another teammate thats That can't happen on a sideline. And so now to your question, that's why I think he was fired today. I, I think that if that doesn't happen yesterday, maybe they just ride it out. Maybe it's if it's only a 20-point loss, they're just like, all right, we'll play against the Chiefs and Chargers and move on. But when you have that sort of thing, that's why he was fired today. To answer your question about giving a, a coach time, you can't do it in the Broncos situation because honestly – Russell Wilson only has, and I'm using this in air quotes, so many good years left. Sure. And we don't know if that's one or zero. Fair. You know, like we we're not sure, but you have now given up so much for Russell Wilson, and this is just not worked at all. So what would another whole offseason do? Because this was that deal was done in March. They they'd been together the entire offseason. Hackett signs off on the deal it isn't working so now you have to make a change so that is why also Nathaniel Hackett only only got 1 year and really only deserves 1 year not even 1 year for that like the, in the NFL if you have that situation completely different story does Lovey Smith deserve another year in Houston maybe he does they have the worst record in the NFL um but it's different with Nathaniel Hackett different than Matt Eberflus in Chicago they got the second worst record in the NFL You know those situations with where the Broncos were and what Russell Wilson is and what they gave up. That's why I think that you can let a guy go after
5: one year. Yeah, and there is the total teardown and rebuild. I think back to another guy who was actually fired in his first year, Urban Meyer, for completely different reasons. But that situation, independent of the fact that Urban Meyer got fired, it's a completely different deal, right? He comes in. It is a complete teardown. You're starting with the number 1 overall pick in the draft. With the Broncos, I think you're absolutely right. Is is There's no time because the window is right now. It's funny. I remember uh, a little a little under a year ago discussing Mike McCarthy after that loss in the playoffs uh, to San Francisco, where obviously the final play of the game, they look completely disorganized. And I said, if if Jerry Jones, and I, I said, I don't think Jerry Jones will. But if Jerry Jones decided that was this team is too unorganized, too undisciplined. Remember, they finished last in penalties in the NFL last year. I said I have no problem with him getting rid of Mike McCarthy. It's probably unfair, but your window is right now. You have you know everything's in place. You have a couple of young players, Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb on rookie contracts. The window is right now, and so I, I bring it back to Nathaniel Hackett because I think it's to your point as well. Is that when you look at Hackett, when you look at the Broncos, uh, you know, Russell Wilson? I think he's going to be 34 next season. Um, And you have to make it work. Like you just have to make it work, and you have to get more out of him. How much is he to blame? You know, I'm sure we'll discuss that at some point in the show. But you have to get more out of him. He's clearly not the guy. And you know, it's it's a it's a comment that a lot of people on these airwaves have made over the last three, four, five months. But when you're the offensive guy, when this is your side of the ball that's supposed to be your area of expertise, this ain't what it looked like when uh, Matt Lafleur got to Green Bay. It's not what it looked like when Sean McVay got to Los Angeles. It's not what it looked like when Kyle Shanahan got to San Francisco. This is supposed to be your area of expertise. It isn't. And I think that, that, along with all the other reasons we discussed, is why he's out. Get him on Twitter, at Aaron
0: underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. And Russell Wilson again remember just had the birthday so he just did turn 34. Oh okay. Cuz that was the whole story of when half the team showed up. Oh, that's remember right. Remember that? Remember that of when course. then it was half uh, glass half full or glass <laughs> half empty. Was it a positive that half the team showed up or was it a negative that only half the team showed up to Russell Wilson's birthday? Yeah, so so uh, they got a 34-year-old quarterback that by the way had shown signs of decline and and yep. something that I heard on Broncos Twitter read on Broncos Twitter. They were surprised that Russ doesn't move as well as he once did.
5: Sure, he's
0: thirty four years old. Yeah. Why, wh- Who does? Yeah, exactly. So, so, the, so the expectations of what you were getting, what you got in Denver, um, are are pretty. They're not matching up to to what you would hope for. I guess there is a little solace for the Broncos in knowing Nathaniel Hackett's not going to be back. I just wonder now how many don't want Russell Wilson back again. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Iowa Sam is here. Brian Fenley's at the news desk. Andre Ochoa are running the show today. Coming up next, why the end is near or appears near for one NFL legend. That's next here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Some more news coming out of Denver uh, on who exactly is going to replace Nathaniel Hackett. We'll have that in just a little bit. Brian Fenley's at the news desk. Plus, uh, things go from, I don't know, is it from uh, bad to worse for Zach Wilson and the Jets? Um, All that and so much more. I don't know how great things were last night for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Sure. You win. You get, a, you get a win against the Cardinals. But in no way should this game be an overtime game when it's Tom Brady against Trace McSorley. And Brady's numbers add up and they look, they look impressive. 281 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. But and, and, and I'm a guy, and you talked about our, our one week long of our shows that we had earlier uh in the fall in Fox Sports Radio. And that was around the time that's when I first threw out the Brady to San Francisco was after the Trey Lance injury. You were way ahead of that, credit to you. And, and well it it may not happen. And and I'll tell you what, and the 49ers were watching last night, I don't know <laughs> if they would want that to happen. Because I I I feel like sometimes, Aaron, I feel like you're you're tied to an opinion. Because maybe you put your neck out there and, and you're, you're tied to it. I still, I still believe that it very well could be a possibility. I do believe that Tom Brady wants to play for the San Francisco 49ers, and I think that there's a lot of connecting of the dots. But when you have a defense like Tampa has, and I know that there are some pieces that are missing, but still, you're facing Trace McSorley last night. Um, to not put any pressure on the Cardinals' defense the way that they the, the way that they did, there there were efforts by Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico to really massage the mm-hmm. effort that Tom Brady had last night, bringing up uh, injuries, bringing up uh, I don't know just things that Brady's had to deal with this year that maybe weren't his fault or things that were happening with the Buccaneers. But there were also times when Chris Collinsworth was like, and specifically. That's a layup. That's LeBron yeah. James missing a layup. And Tom Brady was missing throws. And I just look at last night. They may, they may end up winning the division. They may end up winning the, the NFC South. But there is not going to be any magical run uh, for the Buccaneers in the playoffs. And there is not going to be, well, once Brady gets to the postseason, that is not going to happen. Um, he can't throw the ball downfield. Or they don't throw the ball downfield. They really don't. They they heave one up early in the game, like they did against the Forty ers That went for a touchdown. Brady did it against uh, Arizona last night. But for the longest time during that game, before Leonard Fournette took like a screen pass and went forty four yards, their longest completion was twelve yards. That's awful.
5: So you talk about being, you know, whether it's early to an opinion or tied to an opinion. This is one that I've been on for probably about six six weeks minimum now which is the whole notion that you can never count out Brady cuz he's Brady. I'm like are you watching these games? Like they're terrible. And if they weren't in the worst division in the league with all due respect to the yeah. AFC South, they are the worst division. Like this isn't you know, I mean he's what now 7 and 8. Um and it's just it's such a grind. I don't think he wants to be there. They don't, you know. You talk about the the. We talked last segment about the yelling on the sideline with Brett Ripon and the other guy. I remember the, the the Brady. I think it was Mike Evans dust up in week two or week three, where it's like I don't think he wants to be there. I think they're tired of him being around. I just think it, it it's time for something else. And I'll I'll ask you really quick because I've come full circle two or three times on this opinion about what Tom Brady will or should do next year. Because first I thought you know. First, I thought he was. I, first, I thought he was done for sure after this year, and I thought honestly he might not make it through this year. Then he got divorced, and I was like, well, he's definitely going to make it through this year. And then I said, you know, if he wants to go somewhere else next year, it's cool, whatever. But after watching not just last night, but the last five, six, seven weeks, I just think it's time to hang it up. I, I, I don't want to see him in San Francisco. Don't try to sell me that it'll be better under Kyle Shanahan or Mike McDaniel in uh, Miami or Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. He's 45 years old. He looks 45 years old. I'm sure in theory it could be a little bit better, but we're not like, – like there's nothing to rekindle. He's 45 years old. It's not getting better, and I hope that this is the end for Tom Brady, even though I don't think that it will be.
0: I think that the the analysis on where he is as a quarterback is fair. It is funny, though, on the names that you just mentioned because there seems to be more options for him now than there were when he left New England. sure. And the whole, the whole thing of, oh, they're going with that bleeping guy, like that
5: decision was made. There there weren't a lot of suitors. I think You're there right. were maybe one or two. Well, we, we found out after the fact that apparently, according to Dana White, the Raiders wanted to be involved. Yep. But outside of that, it was pretty much just the tra- – if you remember, it, Arnie Spinner and I were on air. I was in this seat. And it was, well, I mean, who else would take him besides the Chargers? And then you started to hear buzz on the Bucks, And then, of course, years later you heard about the Raiders. But you're absolutely right. The the the, the group that actually wanted him three years ago is much smaller than people remember. Like the, the Josh
0: McDaniels Raiders thing actually makes a lot of sense sure. if they wanted to move on from Derek Carr. You talk about the weapons that the Raiders have, which is one of the great things that Brady had when he went to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams... Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. I know there's a Josh decision Jacobs. for Josh Jacobs yeah. on, you know, what, what what his future holds, but there's enough, there's enough there for him to throw to. It's why I thought still thought that the 49ers were were that team because not only because of the the hometown factor, but because of Debo Samuel, because of Brandon Ayuk, because of George Kittle, because of now Christian McCaffrey and I still think that that's a possibility but if he does play next year this is the guy you're getting like this is mm-hmm. this there is there is no i i don't believe that if the buccaneers didn't have the issues that they had on the offensive line that he
5: would somehow look fundamentally different
0: yeah yeah, yeah like i i get it like there's the the counter to my point would be well at least he's staying upright because if he's not getting rid of the football, then he's on the ground and he's not making it through this season. That's fair in all of that, but at what point do you see even any of these normal throws that 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 they're able to? Like, mm-hmm. it is just it is not there. It it is not. San Francisco would have a great offensive line to play behind. You know, not sure what you feel about the Raiders, but I just. It's not all because of the offensive line. It it it's oh. not. It's because he's 45 years old. It is, yeah. And in the, the 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 other thing of of w- when we're having these conversations earlier in the year, I actually think a lot of us were being respectful in not wanting to talk about his marriage. And that is a, I, I actually tip the cap to it. You're not we we pick games People weren't going there, well, if he does this, you know, does that, maybe you're kind of guessing, all right, well, what is happening here? What's up with these rumors? But here's the fact of the matter is, now we know that they're divorced. Yep. So there is no tie to staying married. So for a guy who... While Mary couldn't get away from the game, now what's he's what? what's he gonna do if he doesn't play?
5: Well, and that was with my Saturday partner, Jason Martin. We've ar- we we argued with that. How Her- many partners do you go through in a year? I mean, geez, well, it's VJ know, Husky, it's you know, you know,
0: it's it's Jason Martin, two, it's not three. It's
3: not four. it's me. Uh, you know who, it's, who else
5: am I missing? You know what's crazy? Iowa Sam was in the corner watching all of it the entire <laughs> time the last three days. What? Oh I mean, my goodness. It, it's the truth. VJ Husky, uh uh were you there for Jason Martin? Anyway. My partner Jason Martin and I on Saturdays, but he was very much oh god, he's not he's not really going to play, is he? And what I said was I think it's more likely now. Once the divorce went final, I said, what is he going to come home to? And I know he has the Fox thing lined up, and you know it's, it's a great it's a great backup plan, but he's forty five years old. He has no wife. His kids don't live with him. And the thing that is taking up all of his time right now, football. He's just going to give it up to sit in an empty mansion by himself? like like. So I think the marriage and the divorce makes it more likely that he wants to return. I think it's 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 even more likely now, as you said, it feels like there's more suitors. It feels like there's more interest. Um, and somebody would take a chance on him. And there's a lot that makes sense, though, which is the important part. Josh McDaniels in Vegas, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, on and on. New England actually makes sense. Yes, I was going to say that.
0: Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean... If if he wanted to that, which I don't think he wants to, no, I don't think so. Either. And I think that the cold weather is something. I also think that he's just happy to move on. And I also think that I think he's um, enjoying watching Belichick
5: flounder. <laughs> I, I truly believe that. Well, but. yeah, well, you also
0: look at the weapons that that which, by the way, is Bill Belichick's fault. He's the one that brought in the the weapons that they have, and that they have not been able to uh, take advantage of. Even the even the tight end signings that you thought were going to be great of Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry have not worked out. Whether that's a Mac Jones problem um, or not, I don't think it is. But yeah, those those Bill Belichick GM decisions have hurt Bill Belichick, the head coach. And, the, and again, the warm weather. But you look at the warm weather possibilities that could be out there, specifically Las Vegas, not like San Francisco's warm, but it's not winter. And I think mm-hmm. that's an, another factor, just to keep in mind. If the 49ers end up having to make that decision. He is Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. I'm still going to stick with it. Brady with the Niners uh, in 2023. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Foxes. We are live from the tire rack.com studios coming next. How did you spend your Christmas day? And I'm not talking about what you did with the family. I'm talking about where the remote was. That's next. But first, let's go over to the news desk. Brian Fenley is here to give us the latest. What's going on, Brian?
4: Yes, Dan and Aaron. We have got a ton of news coming out of the NFL. We do know, as you guys were talking about, Denver Broncos, they have fired their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, not even a full year into his first season after that sluggish 4-11 start. Now we know who's going to be the interim head coach in Denver. Jerry Roseburg, who was hired by Hackett to help with clock management That is going to be the guy for the rest of the year. Was a senior assistant for the team and now elevated to interim head coach for the struggling Denver team. So of all the names... Jerry Roseburg, who went four years, guys, Dan and Aaron, between 2018 and 2022 without any job at the NFL. Then he's plucked by Hackett to come on and help with clock management. And all of a sudden, he is thrust into the spotlight as the interim head coach. Who would have thought? What a life, right? But was he on
0: ESPN? I was going (laughs) to say.
4: Him and Jeff Saturday. (laughs) You know, it, it seems like quite the way to go if you want to elevate fast. So not only that coming from how the Broncos have been lately, we do know that, yes, they lost yesterday to the Rams 51-40, to 40, or 51-14 I should say, and in the aftermath of that game, which ultimately led to the firing of Hackett, the NFL is suspending Broncos Randy Gregory and Rams Ode Abushi each a game without pay after they got into it right after the game with some unsportsmanlike conduct, so and then there was other issues with Brett Rippon, and he was yelling at his teammates there on the sideline as well, so some Inner turmoil between both teams after that game, and then most specifically with the Denver Broncos, and their frustrations are are being loud and for all to see. Ravens said coach John Harbaugh saying today at a media press conference, that his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who's been dealing with that knee injury, not exactly sure what his status is, he said, for Sunday night against the Steelers. Quote, we just have to see, close quote. Meantime, the doctors have cleared Jets quarterback Mike White today, so he is able to fully resume practice and is now expected to be QB1 Sunday against the Seahawks. Interesting development, as Dan and Aaron were discussing and, and alluded to. Zach Wilson, not QB 2, but now QB 3. He is inactive. And this is interesting, Dan Nairn, because Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, said today during a press conference, quote, when asked about Wilson, quote, Zach Wilson still has a huge plan in our future, and we're not quitting on the young man, close quote. Yet. (laughs) Yes. That's a big Y-E-T I'm going to put at
5: the end. So, real quick, I, I know there's this whole thing of, like, Coaches always have to stand up for their players publicly. Yeah. But when you're blatantly lying, like are you really standing up for like I I get the, the you know like because that's the thing, right? It's like if he came out and criticized people would be like, "Wow, way to have your your players back. What kind of coach are you?" But when you're just blatantly lying, that's not any better. You know,
4: I don't know. Yeah, no, you bring up a great point, Aaron, and I always do. Oh, sorry, you, sorry. Yeah, you, you you both of you guys do. And Eagle said coach Nick Sirianni was asked today about his own quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and and his potential availability for Week 17, and, quote, said, one day at a time, close quote. So, again, like John Harbaugh when asked about his own quarterback. This
0: is it, this is it. That's over your head, Aaron. Old TV show, One Day at a Time. They rebooted it. Oh. Yeah, Body Franklin, yeah. It's a good show. You know where One Day at a Time was... Fictionally located, like, do you know what city that they were supposed to be in?
4: Madison, Wisconsin. No, Sherman Oaks. No, Indianapolis. Oh, Indianapolis,
5: the hub of all things, uh, (laughs) everything.
4: Yes. Where the NCAA
5: offices are yes. located. Where Jeff Saturday is still coaching. Yes. One more. By the way, how did the Colts get two Monday night games in three weeks? I know mm. you can't flex them out, but who looked at the Colts in the preseason and was like, you know, you know who we need to make sure gets plenty of primetime airwaves: <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan, Frank Reich, who could resist? Continue. I'm well, sorry, Jonathan me. Taylor. You know he brings that's some shizzle <laughs> out there. You know I think that's what they were. Come on, Aaron,
4: you're full of great points. You knew that. I did.
5: <laughs> and, and if I and if I didn't know that, I'd remind. Well, if the, the audience didn't know that. I'll make sure to remind them. So exactly, the Panthers are looking at bringing
4: back corner Josh Norman since the team's starting quarterback J.C. Horn is out indefinitely. He's due for a surgery on his broken wrist on Tuesday. And lastly, guys. We do have some college football, the bowl game right now. The Quick Lane Bowl, it's a battle of six and six six and six teams. Yes, New Mexico State going toe-to-toe with Bowling Green, and it is to nothing Aggies, 535 left in the second quarter. And as I said it back to Aaron and Dan, I know that you guys are going to go break down play-by-play this game, which still has plenty of time left in it. I'll tell you what, you don't get
0: maroon against brown and orange very much in college football, <laughs> but you do in the quick lane. Bowl. Oh, yeah. That is what you get. That is what you get when uh, Bowling Green takes on New Mexico State. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. We are coming live from the Tire Rack.com studios. What do you want Robert Sala to say?
5: It's it So it's a great question because I think you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Yes. And, and, and so I wasn't necessarily criticizing. I just think it's funny because there is this perception publicly. Like, you always have to have your players back. And we do criticize coaches when they don't have, oh, I mean, would you want to play for that guy? How could he? You keep that behind closed doors. But when it's so obvious, when it's so egregious that, you know, Like you, I mean, we've been talking about it for five days straight now. It's Monday night, that was the Thursday night game, and he he gets benched for, and I've said this on these airwaves a lot the last three days, I had never heard of Chris Streveler before Thursday night. And so, I don't know what the right answer is, but to definitively say he's very much in our plans, it does seem a little bit disingenuous. Maybe it's just, I don't know what he does say. Now, I guess you could say something to the effect of, you know... I don't even know. I, don't know. I have an idea. Go ahead.
0: And because I, I, I don't think that you're wrong in saying that. And I've told you that my, my New Year's resolution in 2022 was to not get mad at athletes or coaches when they say something because it's all that we want them to say or sure. say something of substance. And this just this, – this isn't of substance. What I think Robert Sala could say is – Zach is having some confidence issues right now mm-hmm. you know why he can say that because Zach Wilson said it himself sure use that sort of thing to be like he's got some confidence issues we he's still a part of this team something needs to work on but we think it's best through these confidence issues that he be the number three quarterback and not be active and I think that that would be fair it may be generic but to your point like I th- I look back at Kyle Shanahan's I'm talking about Jimmy Garoppolo not having a future with, you know, with the 49ers. And I think we all fought the same thing and we're like, wow, it's refreshing that Kyle Shanahan this offseason was saying, like, yeah, they're gonna trade him or they they're gonna move on from him. And then they ended up not doing it, and he ends up coming back to the team. Well, are we still holding Kyle Shanahan, you know, hostage for those comments? No, we moved on. We understood. Like the, it was it's not a big deal. So that should tell coaches that. You know unless you're Nick Saban and saying I'm not going to Alabama and then you go to Alabama, a lot of this stuff I think is understandable. Mm-hmm. So to say that for Robert Sala, if you want to be kind and do your best coach speak, do what the player said. If if he's going to be inactive, use that. Use that sort of thing. That's what I think that he should have said. Because I do agree with you that nobody here believes that he's going to have a future. And in fact, the other thirty-one teams in the NFL also don't believe that. Fair, because it's not going to change any trade value. No team is going to be like, well, Salah says he's got a future (laughs) there. We got to, we got to, you know, we got to open up the vaults for the draft picks that we want to bring in, like. None of that is happening. It's it, it's not true. So if you're just real with what the situation is, I think that could go further than the whole thing of he's very much a part of the team. He may be trying to overcompensate for the Mike White T-shirts. I know Doug had a real problem with that on this show of the, the teammates, it, it, meaning it's not fair for to Zach Wilson and these other teammates to support the backup. And, of course, you're not going to have any confidence. But – That's the way that I think Robert Sala could handle that question a little bit better.
5: Yeah, it's almost like what we do in our business is sometimes we duck like a super strong opinion by just quoting other people. Like, I remember, you know, it's kind of a fitting topic now uh, based on some of the stuff that's happened the last few days. But if you remember, like, when the Kyler Murray, you know, the clause in his contract, and like, we all kind of wanted to say that, you know, we hear that he's not the easiest guy to deal with. But then you could just say, well, DeAndre Hopkins. Literally said, you know, we're having some problems with communication in in, in the offensive meeting room, you know. And so that's kind of your way of saying, so if DeAndre Hopkins is saying it, then we know there's something not right. So I don't have to sit here and pretend that I know that Kyler Murray isn't studying the playbook. And that's just a very generic example of Robert Sala being able to do the same thing of saying, if somebody asks about Zach Wilson today, he just says, look, exactly what you said. Look, Zach said it himself. He's dealing with some confidence issues right now. We have his full support. We want him to be a part of our future, but right now it's about, you know, getting him, you know, back on track. This and that, you know, Chris Strebler's our guy f- going into this weekend or something I'm like that.
0: I'm going to make a DeAndre Hopkins point later in the show mm. and it's something that is that actually uh, puts DeAndre Hopkins in a really really good light even from those comments that he said there. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio as we are sitting in for Doug the day after Christmas. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. It is a change back to the norm in the NFL. Will it be a big deal, little deal or no deal? We'll tell you next year on Fox Sports
4: Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
0: Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's And Torres, sitting in for Doug today. Our eyes on the Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> it's a great week. Like, like this is like championship week to have like these games going on in the daytime. So this—that's my thing.
5: Everyone complain. Oh, there's too many bowl. Nobody cares about the bowl games. It's like <laughs> everybody's home from work. Nobody has anything to do. And there's football on all day. Why? Are, why do people complain about this? I just—it's just there's some things. Okay, whatever. Why? Don't watch it if you don't want to. But who doesn't want to just have a random football game on in the background I, on a Monday? I will
0: say this: If I was at home on vacation today, I—that's what it would be. I wouldn't be sitting down watching this, but it'd be nice to have on. Yeah. As opposed to, I don't know, a Drew Barrymore show. You know, like yeah. this is what I would rather. And and by the way, it'd be a repeat of the Drew Barrymore show. No, no disrespect to her show, but the fact well, is is. I'd rather have this on in the background.
5: And it's a week where nobody's working. That's the thing, too. It'd be one thing if if it's like, why are they playing these games on the the second weekend in April? Second week of April? But it's the week between Christmas and New Year's, nobody's working, etc. So...
0: As we get set for Monday night, football tonight in the NFL. Welcome to the Fox Sports Radio tailgate presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a Big Green Egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own. Backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best. Shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty. Free home delivery. BigGreenEgg.com. Let's play a game. Game
5: time!
4: This is game time.
5: It's game time.
0: On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Jump over to the news desk. The one and only Brian
4: Fenley is here. Hey, Brian. Hey, Dan and Aaron. Our game is... Big deal, little deal, no deal. So with that in mind, Aaron and Dan, I'm going to throw this at you. Jets quarterback Mike White, and keep in mind, this is with New York still pushing to make the postseason. White getting cleared by doctors to fully resume practicing. That means he is going to be, most likely, all signs pointing to him in the starting lineup on Sunday against the Seahawks big deal little deal no deal it was a
0: huge deal that is a big deal because the Jets have hope after their loss on Thursday night it felt like all was lost then the Dolphins lose to the Packers the Patriots continue to lose like there's Titans are losing not that that's going to factor in in much but you just felt like maybe it was slipping away from the Jets. But now you look at it, you got the Seahawks, as you mentioned, in, in Week 17. They have the Dolphins again in Week 18, so you can make up and you could sweep that season series. Uh, yeah, huge deal to get Mike White back.
5: Yeah, I agree for all the reasons Dan said. I'll just be quick on this. We just talked about Zach Wilson. Um, it's not just that he's an upgrade, but it, the, the locker room also clearly has his back. So I think it's a, a very big deal for the New York Jets.
4: Well, Aaron, you brought up Zach Wilson in keeping with the Jets theme. Now we know that Wilson is going to be inactive. He's not QB2. That's Joe Flacco with the Jets. Wilson all the way down to QB3. His head coach said that Wilson still has a huge part in our future. But with all of this said, guys, is Wilson becoming inactive, noting how highly he was as far as on the draft boards before coming to New York? Is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal?
5: Big de- in turn So, what was the que- I know it's Zach Wilson, but in terms yeah, of the question, being that he's inactive, I don't think it's a big deal. Only because we saw the game on Thursday. Like, I don't know that there was really a better alternative. I feel. I actually feel bad for Zach Wilson, but I don't think it's a big deal because it's just not surprising.
0: Yeah, little deal. There, there is nothing that he can do in uniform that can help this team this year.
4: Guys, big deal, little deal, no well deal. The Chargers can clinch a spot in the playoffs with a
5: win tonight against the Colts. I'll say it's a big deal because Brandon Staley takes a ton of heat, uh, and I think deservedly so. But you get in the playoffs, you kind of reach your manifest of, of you know manifest destiny of you got to get there this year. It's all in the cards. So big deal for them if they can get there.
0: Yeah, my, I'd say it's a big deal as well. I, I think we look at the Chargers as a team that's sitting there on the bubble. No, they lose tonight. They would kind of be kind of on that bubble, but they're still in. But to Brian's point, you win tonight. The next two weeks are moot. And I and with the injuries that they've had with Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen miss half the year. Mike Williams has been in and out. I Rashawn Slater is done for the year. Like to be able to navigate this and be, I guess in a way, as firmly as they are, uh Maybe it is a tip of the cap to Brandon Staley a little bit. I think that's a big deal.
4: Final one from you guys. Jerry Roseburg becoming the interim head coach for the Denver Broncos. He came on board this year as the clock management strategist.
5: Now he's running the show. I'll say it's a big deal because we get to see what, what's at work. When you're the clock strategy manager and you're losing by 40, you don't have much work to do. So now they're actually <laughs> going to put him to work.
0: You can back in that one, Sammy. We'll let
4: score this
5: That's game, huh? Game time. This
4: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
0: Did I sound like I was in the rat pack when I'm like, back in that Sammy? I don't, I don't right. think I've ever called Iowa Sam Sammy, but I did there. Did I like it. it. I was like George Costanza. I got to walk off on, on the high notes. <laughs> so that was great. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. Two is time in Miami. We talk about it next on Fox.
4: Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.
5: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When
4: I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie, because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall.
5: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: The
3: Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.